right now, I've got quite an honor, one of the new generation of classical musicians quickly rising in the world. A bright young star, Ray Chen, is here in our studio, and we've caught him for just a few minutes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thanks very much. <laughs> Pleasure to be here. So glad you're here. You're playing with the Sarasota Orchestra this weekend, Mozart, and you have a bit of Mozart for us today, as well as Bach in a moment. Tell us about your life a little bit. Where'd you grow up? Well, I was born in Taiwan, Taipei, Taiwan, and moved to Australia. Uh, we immigrated to Australia when I was four months old, so quite a, quite a young age, and then uh, grew up there for most of my life. And at the age of 16, moved to the United States to study at the Curtis Institute of Music. Right. Now, that's, that's really early, 15, 16 years old, at the Curtis Institute of Music. And so... You came from Australia. You were already a pretty big star in Australia and then came to the Curtis Institute. Uh, I would say that, you know, in Australia, it's easy to be a big fish in a small pond. And so then at Curtis, what happened? I got a big eye opener, ear opener. Oh, yeah. That's That's a way to say it. a better way to say it. Uh, And um, no, definitely. It was such a contrast, the the level. Um, I think that happens with everyone actually going to a place like Curtis. I've spoken to a few of my uh, former students, colleagues, and uh, they say the same thing, which is everyone seems to come from a place, unless you come from New York or Chicago or something like that, or a big city, uh, usually you're the, the best young, you're the, you're the star in that town, in your town, and then you come to Curtis and suddenly it's like hunger games. <laughs> oh my goodness. So now how did you get through that? I mean, how long did that surprise and shock last you? Um or that fight, hunger game fight. Well, for me, there was definitely a dark period uh where I felt like I needed to really catch up uh musically. Technically, everyone's pretty much, you know, pretty uh you know, everyone's playing Paganini caprices. It's part of the audition and I mean Everyone can do anything technically, but musically, that's where you learn a lot and you have a lot to catch up on, especially me. Uh, or you, wait, you did, right? I mean, you've, you've since graduated. Oh, I mean, yeah. You've played with some of the best, Gavon House, L.A. Philharmonic, Israel Philharmonic. Uh, who was it that you played with at Carnegie Hall? Oh, well, I played with uh, the Royal Stockholm Philharmonic with uh, Sakari Aramo, which is their music, who is their music director. And uh, that, yeah, that was such a great experience. And that wasn't too long ago, was it? Year? No, that was last year in wow. February. Fantastic. And here you are, Sarasota Orchestra with their new music director, Anu Tali, already sold out. And you're playing Mozart there with your own cadenzas that you're also going to play some Mozart for us with oh, cadenzas correct. that you played. But some Bach first. Uh, sure. Yeah, yes. you ready? You yep. ready to play some Bach? This will be uh, the E major uh, from his E major partita, uh, the first movement, uh, Preludio. Preludio from the E major partita number three by Johann Sebastian Bach here live on Classical WSMR with violinist Ray Chen.
the Preludio from Bach's E Major Partita, number three, played live here on Classical WSMR, 89.1, 103.9, played by violinist Ray Chen, who is in town for the Sarasota Orchestra's performance this weekend. He's playing Mozart with him, has a little Mozart for us this afternoon as well. That violin is stunning. Thank you. Yes, and I... You've got to tell me about it. Well, it's a Stradivarius made in 1702. It's called the Lord Newlands. And uh, I'm very fortunate to have it on loan from uh, the Nippon Music Foundation over in Japan. And how do do you know how it got its name? I mean, well, uh, history. Lord Newlands uh, was a lord. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Named Newland. (laughs) And he once owned it. Is that it? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's actually. That's exactly how these instruments get their name. Someone notable uh, in the past has owned them, and they're kind of named after that person until uh, another violinist or a musician or another big notable person uh, purchases it, and it's named after them. Okay. And I noticed, um, I'm just going to tease you a little bit, you're so well-coordinated, the belt matches the violin. I know I'm, I'm, teasing, <laughs> I'm teasing you because a few times I've read in your bio that Giorgio Armani sponsors you, and I just didn't know exactly what that means. I mean, you have great taste. Oh, and- thank you. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it means that he, uh, the company provides me with my concert clothes. Excellent. Well, just, that's nice. Yeah, it's, it's really nice. It's, you know, you get to learn a little bit about... Uh, style and taste, which actually has a lot to do with classical music. Sure. Uh, I tend to think that I, I never thought it would, but then later on I began to really draw parallels uh, between, you know, just the style, different kind of styles of, of clothing, the precision, the kind of care that you, that goes into it. Yeah, craftsmanship. A, a person could have, you know, little care for for clothing uh, and not, you know, wear whatever they want, just like they could have a little care for music and listen to whatever music they want. Um, and there's stuff like that that you begin to see, I began to saw see every day. Uh, and uh, th- that, yeah, it's it's remarkable. Yeah, no, I think it's a lovely thing to have, you know, something like that taken care of for you because I think that would be hard as a performer to try to think, okay, what what am I going to wear this time? And there are certain musicians who have certain looks. I mean, I'm thinking of uh, the cellist who's always wearing a Japanese designer, also pianist who's always in a Japanese uh, design clothing, or there's Jean-Yves Thibaudet with his crazy red socks. I mean, they have their own look. But I think that, too, is part of what's happening with a lot of the younger musicians is there is more crossover with uh, things like fashion and design and artistry. As I look through things like design magazines, I'm starting to see more and more young classical musicians. There's long, long, uh, quite a few that are appearing throughout the magazines. And it's it's great. It's kind of reaching a different audience in a way. Definitely. Because someone's going to look and say, hey, wait, this violinist, Ray Chen, he's a handsome guy. I wonder what his music sounds like. <laughs> and then they, that's one way. But I know you're doing your part as well to try to reach a younger audience. Can you tell me about that? Oh, well, kind of I... outreach that you do? For example, I think that education, I believe that education, educating the next generation of, uh, you know, audience members is very, very important, uh, not only to the survival of classical music, but, I mean, just to inspire them. It's it's something incredible to experience that, to see that on their faces. So I, I make it a mission to go to as many schools as I can in my free time to do what we call outreach, uh, to visit them, do a class, uh, just um, to get them involved, get them excited about classical music, because we really need that. Uh, a lot of, a lot of press, you know, articles talking about is classical music 
dying dead, right and you know, or dead already <laughs> yes uh, and, i've read those and i think that it's not that it's dying in fact it's i think it's growing even here in the states but it's just that uh there's so much selection it's definitely becoming there's so many small presenters happening and more and more concert series the quantity is expanding, but the audience members are not growing at a fast enough rate. So we have a problem there. Um, so by hopefully going out and introducing some of these young students to classical music, many of which have never been to a concert before, and inviting them, we give them you know student discount rates, sometimes even free tickets uh, to our concerts. It's, it's a great way to grow uh, an audience. Yes, it is. And certainly, um, I know through social media, through SoundCloud, you had quite a few folks listening to you. I say folks, but it's thousands and thousands of people listening to your music online. And I'm thinking social media, it's kind of the right time to reach that younger audience because the use of social media and how you're able to reach a new audience. Oh, definitely. I think uh, having this being accessible is really something that I want to project. Uh, when I was growing up, I had my favorite artists like Maxime Van Grove um, uh, and Sophie Mutter. Who's a big fan of yours, <laughs> Maxime. He said <laughs> very nice things about oh, you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a strong supporter of mine. Yes. And, uh, but these these people, like, they, they don't have, uh, you, you can't ask them a question if you were just a fan. You would never be able to I mean, I suppose you could contact their management, but who knows if it would ever get right. to them. But whereas my Facebook, I control it. I view it every day. I post the photos from my personal life or the photos that I want to choose to, to, to present. And, uh, and, it's, and it's a great way. Some people, a lot of people ask me, you know, tips on how, to, how do I you know, perform, how do I you know, practice, stuff like that. And obviously I don't have time for everybody, but... I try to get to as many questions as I can, and I think that you see the appreciation, mm -hmm. this connection. And I think that's what being an artist, a performer, is really all about because, um, you know, we're here performing on stage to an audience, connecting with the, uh, that audience on stage, but why not do it all the way, you know? Right. And I think that's part of the new generation of musicians. That's what they're doing. They're connecting with their audiences in new ways by going out and getting the audience, by being on social media, and also um, by making it less, I guess, scary for some folks. They think they have an idea of classical music, and it's not, it's not an approachable one. And I think you're certainly uh, making connections that others wouldn't uh, to this music that you're bringing so many. Now tell us, you are playing Mozart, and I want to talk about cadenzas, um, that you've written your own cadenzas in the Mozart concerto. Right. Well, let me just begin by explaining. I'm sure many of our listeners probably know what a cadenza is, but a cadenza is when, uh, for those who don't, a cadenza is where the orchestra stops and, uh, you know, then... The soloist. The soloist plays, yeah. And has a, and historically, it's uh, been a passage, a few minutes, where the soloist improvises, actually. And um, it's uh, just something that's become a lost tradition. Um, soloists nowadays are less and less soloists actually write their own cadenzas. Well, I mean, much less improvise. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, it's something that I wanted to kind of revive uh, because it puts puts your own kind of mark on a piece, such as Mozart, and uh, it's really meant to be that anyway. Exactly, it? it's exactly. meant for you to step out and to play music and 
<laughs> it's really meant for that, isn't it? It is. It is. You're yeah. ready. You're ready to play. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure if I should be playing oh, no. now. No. Um, but uh, yeah, it's um, and and for me, it's such a great opportunity. I see it as an opportunity to connect with the composer, uh, to almost collaborate with yes. someone like Mozart. You know, and who would not take that opportunity? Uh, I understand that a lot of people are in- intimidated to write. Uh, cadenza because they the first thing that whenever I, I at least I did I thought was when I thought about the idea of writing cadenza was am I good enough is it going to be good enough um, and I think that well at least try right that's, that's always yes, the first step right? absolutely absolutely give it a shot if it's good enough hey who knows it could be and um, and the way I wrote my cadenzas is very special I'm I'm not a composer at all I'm not I have no classical music com- compositional training other than, you know, basic harmony, counterpoint, and stuff like that, that we learn in class and school. And uh, oh, not that it didn't help me, of course. It, it helped me tremendously. But I don't have, I never had a compositional teacher teach me how to, how to compose. And um, So you really stepped out. I, yeah, it was, really it was a kind of a risk and something that was a lot of fun. Um, and uh, I kind of did it by trial and error, <laughs> I have to say. Most composers, I think Mozart could have done it in like 20 seconds. It took me a few months because I didn't really have a structure, so to speak. It would be like some writers who don't know, who, who don't know where their character is going, what's going to happen to them. Um, that, I think that makes for good writing, doesn't it? I mean, it you wait be. for inspiration. Yeah. It's and... a certain way, def- mm-hmm. definitely. Uh, but... Um, for me, it was it yeah it seemed very fresh mm-hmm. and uh, exciting uh, first attempt. <laughs> Good, and so we get to we get to hear what that sounds like. Yeah, You're play definitely. it for us. The music of Mozart here, violinist Ray Chen with the first and second movement of Mozart's G Major Violin Concerto, Kershaw 216. He's playing actually the 218 for the orchestra this weekend, but this is Kershaw 216, first and second movement. Ray Chen performing here on Classical WSMR, playing his own cadenza.
Mozart violinist Ray Chen here with Mozart. That was the first cadence, the first movement. Now for the second one. Are you ready? All right. Violinist Ray Chen with Mozart here on Classical WSMR. That was the first and second movement cadenzas of the Kirschel 216 Violin Concerto, the music of Mozart. Ray Chen wrote his own cadenzas played here on Classical WSMR. That was beautiful. Oh, thanks. Really beautiful. Do I hear Bach in that second one at all? Is that just... Well, uh, definitely influenced from, I mean, I, who can say, you know? Right. I, it could be from anything. <laughs> I, I just try to... Take as much as I could, I mean, definitely as much as I could from Mozart. Right. And just how I was feeling, how my impression on that particular movement. 
And it's difficult not to get outside stuff uh, sure. mixed in there, but... You know, well, I mean, it makes it, sense. It adds outside, character. <laughs> it does add character, but also, too, because the composers had outside influences, certainly. Exactly, exactly. It makes sense. That was beautiful. Thank and you. And so you have new cadenzas that you're playing for tomorrow's, I mean, for the weekend's concerto with That's the correct. Sarasota Orchestra. So it's different from what we've heard today. Exactly, yeah. Uh, and I think it's always fun to keep kind of updating your cadenzas because... They kind of represent that moment in your life, how you're feeling. Uh, compositions always do. If you look at all the composers, all their works, uh, Mozart wrote these concerti when he was only 19. Uh, his later works are definitely more have more depth in them, and it's it's something different. Um, I think and, that's a great idea to change them as you yeah, go throughout your. It's career. It's just kind of like playing to always improve. Yeah. Uh, but composing, you have to redo the thing wow yeah Yeah. now i understand you have three albums already with sony you have a a mozart coming out too uh it just came out actually oh it just came out just came out now do you have your own cadences on there as well yes i do okay then so you've got these recorded i do and you can compare them down the road Uh, yeah exactly super well we're honored that you played them for us thank you so much that was a big pleasure thank you certainly we'll check our library get a hold of your CD and make sure we get that on the air as well. So, youngest musician to play at the Nobel Prize concert, uh, three already three albums with Sony. Uh, what do you what else do you want to do? I mean, this is this is a lot already. This is a great success so far. Oh, what well, else do you have on your thank plate? Thank you. Uh, <laughs> and you got to answer it in your Australian accent. <laughs> okay, well, I will try my best. Um, I hear it coming and going, so I'm going to ask for it. <laughs> okay, well, uh <laughs> Um, it's hard to sound sincere. Is it really? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, if I'm, if I know I'm putting it on. Uh, well, I'll, ju- I'll do my best. Uh, okay. Well, um, I have to get in the Australian mode. Right. Yeah. Well, it seems to just happen naturally. I mean, you grew up there, so yeah, exactly. Um, well, uh, to answer your question, I suppose uh, I want to continue doing the things I'm doing um, to never lose that kind of passion I have for music. I think that's really important um, as kind of life gets more complicated as we get as we get older and um and um there's a million and one things to think about other than the music itself and that can get in the way of something especially as as kind of uh transparent as performing it's translucent rather right it's like that kind of we're just a mere kind of hmm. window we act as a window between the composer who's obviously his work and the audience. So the audience kind of sees through us. And um, that's that's really what we should be, and to not tint it too too much. Oh, interesting. Uh, that's the way I view it. And um, I think that, yeah, it's, it's classical music is on its way to being more kind of um, international with the internet and everything, all that, all the social media stuff, people can compare artists and orchestras and all that, and there's less and less certain schools of playing, which, you know, it's kind of sad in itself, but um, I think that we finally achieve, we can finally focus on what the composers uh, really intended and, you know, trade kind of suggestions Mm -hmm. and, and ideas and stuff like that. And that's really wonderful. Um, as for myself, I just want to be a part of it all and uh, to really continue 
yeah, um, inspiring and young young musicians and not not necessarily musicians, but just young people in general. Yeah, I feel I, I really enjoy that. So, well, I think you're on your way. I think you've you've established that beautifully, beautifully. Now you're not into boxing anymore, are you? You got to protect oh. those hands. <laughs> yeah, that was like protect a momentary thing. I, I did enjoy it though. It's a very good aerobic exercise. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I wasn't doing it like competitively at all, but it was uh, just really fun to to you know get exercise with yeah. the blood flowing. Good. Well, do protect those hands, and we look forward to watching your career from here. Thank you. And enjoy you this weekend with the Sarasota Orchestra playing Mozart, your own cadenzas. Thank you so much for coming in this afternoon. We've enjoyed you immensely. Thank you. Thanks so much to Dustin Hapley for engineering today's interview and Russell Gant for organizing everything. Thank you so much. This is Classical WSMR 89.1 and 103.9.